Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by the GSD Retreat. It's for badass business owners who want to get shit done beachside in Cabo, Mexico on December 2nd through 6th. This is an annual business strategy and content planning retreat to come and join me and several other amazing speakers in a spectacular oceanfront bedroom villa for an intimate business retreat where you will experience not only fun and friendship, but we want to get shit done for 2019. Do you actually block time on your calendar to work on your business to plan for consistent content and for consistent marketing each month? But you know, something always comes up. I want to invite you to come to spend three full days with me collaborating with like-minded business individuals looking to get this done, to knock it out. I will show you exactly how to put together an annual plan with content creation, images, weekly schedule, and so much more. You will leave Cabo with a solid plan to crush 2019. If you're interested, I want to invite you to visit bit.ly/gsdretreat. Come spend 3 days with me in Cabo where you will leave with an amazing amazing plan where you can fast track your personal and professional goals, leaving you with the return on investment of being absolutely priceless. Visit bit.ly slash GSD retreat. Hi, y'all. It's Angela here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Business Unveiled. I am so, so, so excited to interview one of my very good friends who has an amazing, amazing company that our clients absolutely not only adore what he does and what he has brought to Nashville, but he's just a good, fun person. So I'm excited to interview Jamal Pratt, who is the owner of Aperitif Events and Cocktails. Hi, Jamal. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking time today and being on the podcast. And we have Thank my dogs in the house, <laughs> Lily and Pepe. This is all real time. So they're here at the office hanging out. Um, but I'm excited to talk to you about your journey and how the heck you even got to Nashville, came to Nashville. Like for any of our audience listening, like let's just jump in with your background. Like how have you gotten to be like the mixologist? Like, where did it all start? So my background originally, I'm from Chicago and I played football, did all that fun stuff in high school. And I applied to different schools. Nothing was in state. I was like, I need to get out of Chicago. I need to travel spread my wings, get away from family. I feel like that's what a lot of people do nowadays. So true entrepreneurship, baby. Yes. Yes. So I, uh, went to school undergrad. I wind, I wound up going to TSU and I started with business. And then I was like, man, what separates me after I graduate from everyone else? Cause the business, the business, the biggest school was business. So then I was like, okay, I know I love building things and architecture and that's mostly math. And I was like, I don't want to do this every day. So then I was like, I got it. I have it. <laughs> Dental hygiene is what I'll do. So Are I'll you apply serious? for the program. <laughs> yes. I, know I 
applied for the program. I did all the testing, all the interviews you have to do to get into the program with all the different deans of the school and everything. And first day of practice, have my scrubs on, table back ready, and I open this guy's mouth and he has green fungus in his mouth. And when you're doing things, if people will find out, with about me at least with dental hygiene that's one of those you have to have a stone face and you cannot let emotion show and at the time I was like I had an epiphany I was like I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life so day one in practice I told you I literally so day one in practice I told the client I was like you know hey I'll be right back I you know I forgot tools in the other room and I talked to my advisor and I left and I never went back and I changed my major that day to speech pathology and audiology. And I knew a lot about what? that because one of my brothers has autism. So I always went to his meetings and Why? I saw, yeah, he was diagnosed when he was two. So I saw his background and his change in development from working with his SLP. And I was like, I can do this. So that's what I stuck to. And it was fun. Um, graduated with that in undergrad and grad school because with speech path of grad school, um, at least really in undergrad, it's just a piece of paper. You have to go to grad school. So totally. Western Kentucky, Vandy online, went for grad school, did that. But during school, to get into the cocktail part, um, after freshman year, midway into freshman year, but towards the end too, I started getting into cocktails and I moved to Miami for six months and my friend was opening a bar there and I would just frequent there, hang out and the stars aligned where someone didn't show up for their shift. He was like, Jamal, I need you to jump behind this bar. And at the time I knew nothing about alcohol. I was like, if you ask me, literally, I joke. I was like, if you ask me what on the rocks meant, I was going outside to try to find rocks. Like, I knew nothing amazing. about alcohol. But I knew doing it day after day that I love the people and I love the crowd. It's a different thing, people, that when you go to bars or restaurants, to sit at a bar and sit at a table. It's a completely different crowd. So I loved it. And then I came back to Nashville while I was still an undergrad and going to grad school. And I basically worked at every single cocktail-oriented bar in Nashville, making all their cocktail menus, um, and just really immersing myself into mixology and kind of honing my craft on cocktails. I was like, hey, I'm kind of, if I'm going to do anything, even if I don't see it as a career, I want to be the best that I can at it. So I was at an actual bar, and one of my friends who's followed me from different bars and had my cocktails wound up opening an event space in Nashville uh-huh. and she said hey basically you're making all these companies money by putting your cocktails and their drinks on their menu you should go into business for yourself so I was, like, I was like what is she talking about and that like never crossed my mind never because anything with business they're you know I, I now say there's two kind of people there are people that like to know hey they're very comfortable working nine to five knowing, Hey, I'm going to make X amount of money and I can budget for that. And then there's like the entrepreneurs is high risk, high reward where it's like, Hey, my money might not be as controlled as other people, but when I make it, it can, you know, because it's makes you different, like budget money different. Cause, and I feel like it's a different work ethic. Knowing when you wake up, you're like, you're the reason that you're making money. You don't have like a set, nine to five to go to, to know that, Hey, I'm going to make this no matter what it's all depending on you. So if you wake up and you're like, Hey, I don't really want to do anything today. That's fine. But your bank account's going to reflect that. Yeah. You so, ain't going to make money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, I was like, what are you talking about? I never thought of doing anything about running a business, being an entrepreneur or anything like that. And she was like, Trust me, no one's doing this yet in Nashville. If you can Mm-mm. take your cocktails, and she really made me think, she's like, you can monetize anything. You can. So if you can take your cocktails and bring those to the event world, she was like, right now, it's it's very stagnant, but mm-hmm. it's going to grow because people are coming here from all over different cities where 
they're accustomed to this. So Nashville hasn't had this yet. This is a small city that wants to get big. When you go to big cities like the LA's and the Chicago's, New York's, they have cocktail companies that's like this. Because traditionally, anything when it comes to bar and alcohol beverage, it was done by a catering company. But which is so different now. Yeah, they don't want to touch different. it. They don't want to touch it. Because <laughs> now it's and it's just a, definitely a knowledge thing. Now it's people are coming here and even though they're very immersed in the Nashville lifestyle, they do want things in at least the par of what they're used to at home. So she was like, Hey, you should go into business, do this. And I never knew anything about it. She was like, I'm gonna put you in contact with the right people. I'm gonna help you website, social media, do what you need to do. And she helped me out with all those things, like this is what you need to do, just branding wise, kind of doing that. And my first event, and I'm very that kind of person, I got thrown to the wolves. Um, and that year it was Nashville Fashion Week was my first event oh yeah <laughs> super and, crazy busy yeah and it was like a 350 400 person event mind you I've done events before but never on my own so it's a different thing of like you have clients and people that are booking you they expect a certain certain level of service so totally and there's no one to look back on when you're working at a bar or like a restaurant or a bar or something there's always like a manager or somebody else when it comes to the event world that's you you are the start and the finish. So I was like, wow. And they're like, can you do it? And I'm like, hey, I need to start somehow. So I'm like, sure. So we were um, 400 people, fashion show, everything, cocktails, shaking things. Like it was crazy, but definitely like a learning experience of my first one. Because at first I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like what's the average size of an event in Nashville compared to like weddings or a corporate event. Like, what do I do? How do I set up the bars? Like yeah. last were all those things. So all those things was a learning process. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely glad I did it. So yes, yeah, we, I got thrown to the wolves <laughs> um, and I made it. I sweat a little bit. I was like, man, this is, this a is workout. crazy. Yes. And it was like hot outside. I'm like, this is a lot. This is, this is a lot. Definitely. But um starting out with that like doing um, basically a 400 person event for my day one wow. it's better i feel like doing that than starting off with like a small wedding or a small corporate event you know i so. totally agree i mean i feel like if as an on as being entrepreneurs like if you i mean think about it if you really sit around and think about what you have to do what the liabilities are what you're going to have to do to make all this work, no one would ever take the risk and jump. Never. And so it's a, to me, it's like whenever we start a new intern, we, we get them every eight to 10 weeks, depending on how, how the semesters fall. And my favorite events for new interns is when we have really big productions. And I'm like, this is perfect because they're going to get thrown in to see exactly how our life is like on a Saturday. <laughs> but when we have, I would say like a hotel wedding or easier weddings or everything's the same place and is, there's not as much detail or production or level of detail. Um, I tried to like slow walk it and I'm like, I just want to make sure you understand, like we're going to actually sit down and rotate and eat dinner and have a break. And like this never happens. So I don't want you to like walk away with the perception, like, oh my God, this is so easy. Like, what are people talking about? Because every event is different, like, as you know. So, so really, I mean, my next question for you is like, how did you really get into the industry in the events industry? And how did you get thrown into entrepreneurship? But I feel like you had a really good friend and a really good cheerleader that saw your talent and with a little bit of nudging and help and guidance, isn't it amazing how far like yes. a little bit of guidance can go? That's why I love coaching people because I know that it's going to change their life, just not like plan an event and then it's like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, done. And so it's like making those differences. And I bet now she's like, look at me now, you know? Exactly. I started you on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so, so different now. And now I couldn't think of going back 
ever in working for somebody else. Right? So it's just, we're it's, unemployable. Yeah, yeah. Well, certain people, like, I feel like, like, in high school or, like, middle school and college, even college, like, you take tests, like, hey, what will you be good at? Like, all those kind of things. And not everybody is meant to work for somebody else. That's right. Like, so now, and, and it's harder if you're good at your craft, trying to stay in the industry you're in, whatever it is, and usually the people that are your superiors that you work for know less about the product and the knowledge than you do. So I have a problem with that. I can't go back to working in a, a bar or something and my bar manager knows less about what's going on than I do. That's that's going to be bad for business. I'm like, how do you listen to someone and they don't have the knowledge you have, but they're bossing you around? Yeah. So how is, okay, so you got thrown in like with fashion week and then, you know, and then I know that you do a ton of luxury weddings. So how do you, how did you adjust to the difference of, um, you know, like you said, it's a different experience when you go into a restaurant and you're working behind the bar, the people that sit at the bar versus the people that are at a table. Like, how did you adjust or did you even see a difference or do you approach it differently when you're working or you're preparing your team for like a Nashville Fashion Week versus a wedding? Like, is there a difference? It's, well, from working in like a cocktail-oriented bar and doing events, whether it is corporate or wedding period, is different because when you're working at a bar, you're really just thinking of one side of the bar. When you're working an event where it's a wedding, corporate event, anything, you have to think of both sides. So you have to think from your side, functionality, what makes sense, but then you also have to think about more of, you know, the guest experience and time and what the bar looks like and aesthetic and where is it placed and the flow of the event and all that. When it comes to a stationary bar, because usually with events, you're building a bar out of nothing. So <laughs> totally you have to, yeah, so you, it's definitely more, you know, and that's also, I think, just working for yourself it kind of forces you to think outside a box and think of things you wouldn't normally think you know thought about yeah um because now definitely yeah, like at a bar you're just thinking hey i'm behind the bar what can i get you i'm making cocktails you're not really concerned as much from their side of the view because you have a bar owner a restaurant owner who that's their job making sure the aesthetic is okay making sure the bar layout makes sense where people don't have to wait in lines but now that's on you both sides so I think that is probably the biggest takeaway. And also when it comes to weddings, it's a different level of care and emotion and thought that you have to put into it. Because I, I say that when it comes to a wedding, like this is their day, right? Mm -hmm. The and day. This is the day. <laughs> the so day. <laughs> you have brides that have been thinking about their wedding and what they've wanted since they had their first crush. Right. So this is a very, very important thing when transitioning into corporate events. It's still very important. You still want to give the same detail and time, but they might do this, you know, quarterly. They might do an event quarterly. So it's not as much. I shouldn't say like as much of a big deal, but it's not like. How do I even word that? The one and only. Yeah, the like, one and only. Because totally. the, 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 the bride is like, I want flowers here. I want this cocktail to look like this, this bar here, all the aesthetics under the world to make her vision perfect. Usually with corporate events, it's like, hey, we care. Just make sure, you know, it doesn't suck, basically. Right. Like, make sure, like, hey, here's our Stay budget. budget. Here's our budget. Yeah, the budget is the main. Stay within budget. That's anything, though. The dollar rule is everything. Stay in budget. Just make sure that it doesn't suck. The bride is like, I want this centerpiece here with the light cascading through that window, hitting it right here. And do you have so much like more that? in detail. Like, do you have people that are like, that ask you like, how are you going to design this? And, um, or is it like the planners and designers ask design wise? No, but I definitely hear stories from what people say on my end. Uh, it's people have gotten to the point where they kind of just trust what I'm going to do. So after they have their tasting, even with like the garnishes and everything, and they trust that it's going to look aesthetically pleasing. So, so and generally, cause that's not their world. So right. it's harder for them even to talk about that. It's easier for them to talk about florals with the planner. <laughs> yeah. 
this to talking about garnishes and cocktails and stuff with, you know, the bartender. So, so let's take our listeners like through an experience. So as if like, you know, if I were to close my eyes and listen to you talk and like, cause like my next question is like, I want to know what's special and unique about what you do, which I know all the, these answers, but for the people listening, tell them from beginning to end, like the experience, the, I mean, there's so many cool things that you do now, but just starting from the beginning, like how you do your tastings to the flavor profile to menu matching, like take us through that. So let's say I get a inquiry um, through website or Instagram First thing is, one, just making sure I'm available for the date. Um, but from there, I kind of get a feel for what they need and what they want. So it's very different. Like you already said, every event is different. Every client is different. And it's the same thing that trickles to alcohol. So what one person might think is the most important part of a bar another person might not care about at all. So like, hey, I've done events for people that are Psalms or wine is very, very important. And okay, tell them what a Psalm is, just in case they don't know. So uh, a sommelier is basically a wine professional. Their job is to taste, know the region, different varietals, um, basically tasting notes. Basically, they're a walking, like, dictionary and thesaurus through the wine world to help you guide you when it comes to champagne or even still wine really what you're looking for um and i have five of those wine professionals on my team and the only level three sommelier for 250 miles around which so, is a big deal y'all like yes. a big deal meaning they know their shit exactly like, they taste and spit wine like <laughs> All day, and it's like to like it's crazy expensive, but all day they drink wine, and that's what they do. Um, so if so you, you can a, do wine, but I love you for, for the, the cocktails. Yeah, yeah, that's getting into it. So depending on the client, like I was saying, like some like hey, wine's important, beer is, and some like beers everything. You want twenty different beers from around the world, and wine we can care less about. But the main thing that people contact us about is the cocktails and what we do and garnish and the aesthetic. And so I'll get an inquiry and usually they want cocktails. And I say, okay, how many, you know, are you doing like a his and hers, like a bride and groom cocktail? Um, or do you want literally like a cocktail menu? Like if you went to a restaurant or any bar. Um, and then from there, I kind of dive into what their flavor profile is. Because I'm kind of, when I'm doing a tasting, bringing a whole bar to you. So in order to hone in where I don't bring in everything on the planet, you know, like you're like, hey, I don't like bourbon. Well, that saves time for me because now I'm not going to bring in bourbon and try to push the bourbon cocktail on you if you know that that's not something you would ever drink. So you're like, hey, I like tequila. I like spicy. I like savory. From what you tell me, I bring in the products and I curate cocktails based off of your flavor profile. So I never make the same drink twice. And that's also gets into what we do different, why we don't do packages. We do custom quotes for every single thing that we do. Um, so from there, I'll come to you, whether it's your business, your personal house, wherever it is, and I'll bring set a bar a and I'll set up, yeah, conference <laughs> room, we've done that, and do a custom tasting for you and none of these drinks majority of the time just based off of what you're telling me i'm freestyling these drinks right then and there for you so i don't have like there's another company that does this in california they're amazing but they have a set drink list of six drinks basically one drink made of each spirit that you can choose that's good consistency wise because you know every single event what you're going to get but that doesn't really make it curated for you. So you might pick that tequila cocktail, but that's not really your jam. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm trying to get as close to what you want and what you would drink if you can make an actual cocktail as possible. So I'll come to you, do a tasting. We will sit down and literally however long it takes, blind test cocktails. So 
I'll line it up in front of you. We'll start out, I normally do like three at a time. I'll line them in front of you and have you taste each cocktail. And at the end, let's say it's bride and groom. I literally have this to a science. Um, you all separate and kind of line up what's your favorite to least favorite. And then from there, usually it's, if, if they both have the aha moment where it's like we pick the exact same thing and we love it and the mom and dad's in the room and they pick the exact same thing too, usually that's the go-to that's so rare and that's kind of a sample size of what the whole entire event would be like and what they would want um because my job is to definitely give you in a glass as a client but to appease the masses that's coming to your event whether that's a wedding or a corporate event mm -hmm. because you don't want to spend time and money making these cocktails and the only people are going to consume them are the four people in the room so which was bad that? for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad for you. That's bad for me. You know, and I even joke with people I'm like, hey, when you do events, every cocktail you love and the guests love, that's basically me giving them out a business card yeah. every single time. When people drink the cocktails like, oh, this is something different. You're not you might not be expecting this. A corporate event, they might be used to just beer and wine. They're not used and maybe an open bar if they want to lush on that. But they're not used to cocktails that, hey, someone on your team picked out for you all, you know. Yep. Um, so you've heard, you've heard me talk about true colors, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but fun little fact. So whenever I love how you just totally, like you said, like blindly, you put things in front of people and based on how they react to that can almost give you an inkling into like what color they are in true colors and how to approach them as a client. So it's funny. I don't know if you noticed this, we were doing a tasting um, recently with a bride and groom and the, which I know this about, cause I, we colorize all of our clients, you know, before we start working together and tell them about it. But whenever you set things down, um, like the groom was like, so what exactly is in this? And you're like, oh, I'm not going to disclose that right now. I mean, you were funny about it, but you're like, just taste it and like go along with it. But it's like that is green in true colors because they're instantly asking like, what is in this? Like before I put it in my mouth and you're just like, right. just trust the process, man. It's cool. And, but you can, how people react base, you can just tell like right off. And then you can, when people are like, hell yeah, like look at all these glasses, look at all these different drinks. And it's only 1130 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, that's really orange. And then after they take a few sips, whoever speaks up first and they're like, well, what do you think? Like, which one do you like best? It's like, those are the blue people. They need affirmation. They need you know, they need to know that. And then the gold people are like asking the questions like before they even put it in their mouth <laughs> exactly. about like, so, I mean, how many, like we're going to have 250 people. So I don't know if you use that personality analogy at all. Like when you put alcohol in front of people and based on their just instant human reaction like you can almost kind of tell what color they are i don't know right. have you ever done that <laughs> i've not but i need to and that's <laughs> that's even a method to my madness so and yeah, tell been us. there for quite a few tastings so i for the listeners when i do a tasting i put the different cocktails in front of them i don't even want you looking at what i'm putting in it because what happens okay. is everything is basically psych like it's all psychology so just like food if you see someone cooking you see the chef cooking and you think you don't like something or you know you don't like something mm -hmm. your mind you already are shooting that down before you try it compared to you don't see and you don't know what's in it you know you're just not allergic to it but you don't see you know you don't know what's in it and you try it because so many times people are like i don't like this i don't like this Oh. And you give them something like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. And everything in there you said you didn't like. So, <laughs> I love no. it. And the same thing when I have like a bride and groom, I tell them, don't give each other verbal or nonverbal cues uh -huh. when you're trying your cocktails. Wait till the end. Because what happens is when you're in love and you care, or you're a friend or there's passion, whether you think about it or not, you can be swayed by what they like and you're going to yep. try to appease them. So you might not have liked this cocktail as much, but you love this one, but you know that she really liked this cocktail. Then you start bending. You're like, oh, well, I mean, I can see that. I'll do that, you know? But then it gets away from what you really, really want. Yeah. 
So everything, yeah, when I do the, the tastings, there's a method to all those and doing those so many times <laughs> and bringing in all that product is like, I need to get this as exact as possible um, to give them like time-wise and to give them really what they're searching for because so many times, and that's also why when I do tastings, I like them kind of very, like very intimate because mm -hmm. what happens is you do a tasting and you invite all of your groomsmen's and bridemaids by the end of the tasting, mm. <laughs> you lose what you actually want because you're trying to appease what every single other person wants in their thoughts when it comes to everything. At the end of the day, they're not paying for this. That's so, right. <laughs> so I need the people who are really going to be there, mom, dad, bridegroom, planner, in the room and we sit down as a huddle. Because I've gone to a tasting before where it's like, oh, it'll just be a couple of us. <laughs> and then there's 18 people in the room who all have their opinions about what they should do. Which is, which we actually did one kind of like that the other day, because with some of these corporate groups we work with, I mean, no, in fact, Jamal and I did Pickler and Ben, and it's funny because they're doing another uh, show taping on Wednesday for brides for the wedding season, for busy season, but we went on and this was actually for a baby shower and Jamal came up with three different custom cocktails because when the producer asked me, she's like for, you know, luxury baby showers and couple showers, like what is the one thing that people want to experience? Like, is it the furniture? Like, is it what it, is it like this balloon thing? And I'm like, that's just decoration. Like it makes the, the pictures pretty, but what people really experience are the cocktails and mixology. And so that's one of the splurges that people, because when you're doing things in a private home, it's not like you have to have a bartender, but I, I always suggest it because you want your guests to, you don't want them to have to make their own cocktails. I mean, they can, but it's just nice when you're served. And then when you're served something that's like custom to the menu, or it's just a completely different level of experience. And so when the producer's like, well, okay, so you want to talk about those cocktails? I'm like, no, <laughs> like the guy that does them for my events, like he can come on and she's like, but that's going to cut into your segment and your time. I'm like, I don't care. It's not about me. It's about what clients want. And I mean, I'm going to bring in the expert. Like, I'm not even going to try to pretend to talk about this shit. Like, you bring in the people who do it. And, and it actually, I think it ended up way better than she thought because they're not used to having people share a segment. But it was great because like you came up with like mimosas and dad daiquiris. It was just, it was really That cute. was like the scariest moment of my life, <laughs> to be honest with you. And you just made it like you do this every day and I'm there. And I don't get nervous by things at all. Like I'll talk to anyone. I have no problem. I've had public speaking classes where I'm in front of an auditorium of 400 people wow. talking about something I really don't know about. <laughs> and then I going in front, like, I'm like, no, this is simple. And the whole entire time behind the scenes, people are like, are you nervous? Is everything's good? I'm like, why would I be nervous? And as soon as you turn that corner and the lights hit you, I'm like, man, I'm sweating. Like <laughs> people are doing like makeup touches. They're like, are you good? I'm like, just look over here. I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to say? I already forgot. And they're like, All right, we're going. And I'm like, oh my God. They're like, oh my, God. oh my God. It felt like you're in school. And the one time you don't know the answer, that's when the teachers are like going to pick on you. They're like, All right, who? Oh my God. And you just make it look so easy. I'm sweating bullets you back did there. so good. Those lights are effing hot. Like, let me tell you. Um, but it's just like you can, you know, your craft and you know what people want. And like you said, it's that level of experience that is just different and you were doing it first. And I mean, now there's lots of mixology companies, but again, it's like what sets you apart, uh. all of these experiences and like your background of you live the Miami life, you did dental hygiene, you did speech pathology, like all of these things bring something to the table that some of these people like they don't have a background in that so do you feel like you attribute some of your communication and how you are an entrepreneur today do you feel like all of that past experience like helped you get to where you are today and make you into who you are today yeah I think uh, like a, a big takeaway is that 
like I love pe good people. I shouldn't say I, I love good people. So some people I'm one of those. Some. Yeah, exactly. Some people. <laughs> that's why I had to preference like with good people. I don't remember. But um, I'm one of those like, hey, I'll do anything I can. Like that's what my clients like very personal because as you know, like this is when it comes to food or it comes to weddings or anything, you're really dealing one-on-one -on -one with people, like especially weddings, like that's their day. They're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. Like you wind up, whether you like it or not, like on their team and in their circle. And I have so many clients and I save everyone in my phone from date, number, like everything. So many clients now that are like friends. Like I don't even remember that I actually did your wedding and that's how this all started. <laughs> like people literally like, Hey, what are you doing? Da, da, da. And I'm like, Oh, you're my bride from three years ago. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, awesome. but yeah, like it, it kind of puts you in the space where, and the, the real thing that I love is since I never thought that I would be in this space, kind of seeing the transition to like, this is a world you don't know about until you know about it. Amen. So, and it's a, I feel like a very, um, how do I say this? Like even like, especially with wedding planners, like people, they need to really understand what you do to understand what you do. Because a lot of people think like, hey, weddings and stuff, I can throw this all by myself. By the end it's of it, so they have funny. a head full of gray hairs. <laughs> and they're hating their life. They're like, why didn't I, why didn't I pay someone for this? I'm like, well, hello, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, so I want to, I want to make sure that you tell everyone who's listening about like the new cool trendy branding stuff that you can do with like egg whites and like, just tell us like what are, I mean, aside from like custom glasses and garnishes and, um, you know, all of those things, like what are like, I feel like every year something new comes out where it's like, you got to elevate and elevate and like, keep going. And I'm like, the next right. thing I know, we're going to be like asking the skirmish horn to let us have like people spitting fire and shit. <laughs> like, I've done that. That was Miami. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think, well, overall, I think I, my goal is in anything that you do that you want to be the best at, you have to keep pushing the mold. So I never want to be stagnant in the thoughts like, hey, we're good. I know that we're the best cocktail team out there with net, with staff and knowledge and execution. But yeah. people want different things and you always have to push all. It's kind of a race to always be the first to do something and to do it well. So what we do now, um, which people love, and I've had a bunch of brides that have wanted this and booked just because of this is that anything that you can take a photo of, I can put it on a cocktail. It doesn't matter if it's logos, a bride and groom silhouette and a picture fading from the background, images of a city, literally anything you take a photo of with a camera, even your smartphone, I can put it on a cocktail. And what happens is it's a special um, printer that prints edible grade ink, um, it's kind of pricey, so watch out for that. But um, and it's it all goes, about investing in a brand. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> and it goes onto an edible thin layer of rice paper. And what happens is, any cocktail that you can add an egg white to is called a flip. Um, you shaking that, dry shaking it, shaking it with egg white, and that template. However, it's cut out to fit the actual glassware. Once it's put on that egg white, it kind of disintegrates and leaves the actual stamp of the ink on the cocktail. So it's good for branding, good for any, really any event you can use it for because it's something that people haven't seen. If they've seen it, it's just a one-time, one-cocktail thing. They don't see that to the masses. So when you walk into an event and you see your, let's say it's a corporate event and your logo are all over the drinks, people are going to lose their natural minds and it's a different thing to push because it's definitely like knowledge is required to pull this off, especially to the masses. So that's also a differentiator. We come in is that I have 45 bartenders on staff and my staff 
also make cocktail menus all over Nashville and all over different cities. So just a different level of service. But that's for the actual cocktails. And then another thing that we're doing is um, it's kind of like the science aspect of it, like making cocktail spears. So any drink, we could make it in a spear format, um, a spheres format, where it's literally like a gusher before a cocktail. Um, different foams, different things, different architectural pieces that you can put as garnishing. So, and those are all rolling out and we've done those as well. So it's really pushing the mold and seeing what's next and being the first at it to do it and to do it well. Because you can do something, but if you can't execute it, you know, it's different doing a cocktail and doing it one time. And if I'm making a cocktail for you, Angela, then it's different. You're like, hey, I want you to make that cocktail for a hundred of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want them to wait. I don't want a line because I tell people too, you can make the best cocktail on the planet, but you have to wait 15 minutes to get it at an event. That's no bueno. Forget it. Forget it. So it's, it's definitely a keeping your product the same, keeping your product consistent and keeping it to the point where the level and the ingredients and things don't slack and you can do it to the masses. Um, and that's really what we're about. But the cocktail logos that you can see on our Instagram and all the social media, people love it. A lot of people are like, what kind of sorcery is this? When they see anything you could take a photo of on a cocktail, like how does this even work? And it's very like a, a awe thing and like shock, you know. But again, you have to know how to execute it. Right. And you have to know how to train your people to execute it. And so it's like, it's just not that easy. And if it was like everyone would do it. And I feel like it's an investment that you have made into your brand. Um, and it's not just about custom ice anymore, which I am like a huge fan of. Right. And it's not just about like the straws that are, you know, to the color palette of the wedding. It's, it's more about like the taste, the glass, the, the overall Full aesthetic experience, yeah. yeah, of how you can like brand to that event. So it's like, and you never do the same thing over and over. I feel like it's like right. always unique. And even to that, I think just business wise, wanting to be the first to execute something properly, but brides and grooms also want, it's, it's not even that hard for sale. They want things that they've, because they all go to weddings too. They're always, you know, people are invited to weddings all the time. And they pick before their wedding what they liked and what they didn't like from other places that they've been or other events or weddings they've been to. If they haven't seen something, you can do that. They want to be the first to show their friends that they've had that at their event, at their wedding, you know? So I think that also definitely helps us too, because people coming here, like I said, they want different things. And that's so good for my business because we're not just your, you know, typical catering staff bar team. That's, that's definitely not us. Right. Um, and for many, many reasons, um, one being, I, I say the difference too is, I mean, there are companies, to be honest with you in Nashville that have never, people, everyone, this is my main thing, Angela, that I hate. What? Everyone says that they're a mixologist nowadays. Every single person that's that like has a bar a company. Player. But, <laughs> the thing that gets me is that there's so many people that claim this, but can't jump to me. If you're a mixologist, I can jump behind any bar in Nashville and hold my own, whether I know their drink menu or not. There are people who have never stepped foot behind a bar and just thought, Hey, I want to start a bar company and calling themselves mixologists. Yep. Like that blows my, and, and the same thing with you. I know like in anything you do, there are people that, you know, as a planner, that's why I would hate that, that have, planned their their sister's birthday party and now they consider themselves a planner so right. it kind of makes it kind of makes the people that actually do this and the thing that's really frustrating is as a client if you don't know you don't know you can see someone's social media instagram think they're the greatest thing on the planet but that's show it depends day of is really because there are people that promise you the world and they can't execute it so me my staff all 45 bartenders mixologists whatever you want to call them they do this every day like this isn't a one-off hey i'm trying to support my music career so i'm going to bartend a couple of events and pour beer wine like they're actually at these cocktail bars crafting cocktails 
And I think that is the difference, like the, the level of knowledge and experience that people have at the events that they book us for is kind of the thing that can be frustrating too, because a lot of times they don't know what they have. Like, hey, you like wine? You don't know that you have people that actually do. These are not just like, hey, we're going to pour wine. Like, these are people, this is what they study. The Psalm test is the hardest test rated in the world. Oh you know, a God. level three Psalm at your table and you don't even know. Like, you have bartenders, and I tell people this in classes, but they really don't grasp it. Like, hey, even these people shaking all your cocktails for your events, like, you go to bars, and you're like, hey, I want to, any cocktail-oriented bar, not dropping names, but hey, these people actually work there, and they're coming to do your wedding. Yeah. So it's like you have the best of the best in, in front of you, and you don't even know it, you know? Yeah. So the thing that's frustrating for me on my end is other, and there's definitely enough business to go around for everybody. Especially but, in Nashville. Especially in Nashville. But it's still frustrating knowing that there are people that, have never bartended before and to say, Hey, I want to start a bartending company. And six months ago, they've never, never jumped behind a bar, never been behind a bar. And now they build a mobile bar and they, and everyone thinks they're the greatest thing on the planet because they really don't know. So, so that's hard in Nashville, like to get a liquor license. Like, I mean, we do stuff all over the world and Tennessee is the hardest Mm -hmm. bar board or whatever the hell it's called. Bible belt. So like, yeah, Bible belt, like to get your license and they are super effing strict. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know, the rules are just so different, but in terms of talking about like frustrations and challenges and like, as far as being like an entrepreneur and being able to be profitable and to getting your license, I mean, do you feel like that, that was kind of hard? I mean, just not anybody can go in and get their license, right? No. Well, to be honest with you, most companies don't. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah. <laughs> you got but, it though. Yeah. It's, it's a different thing because, and we've actually talked about this before, other places that require all these things, those other companies get weeded out because they can't do it. And you might not do this to the level that I do it. So you don't deem paying those thousands of dollars to have all your insurance and licensure. Like you might not think like that's too big of a hit knowing that you're not doing this to the scale that I'm doing it. So you do this a couple of times, you know, a month. You're like, man, I don't know if that's actually worth that. You know what? I might not just take this wedding since this venue requires it. I'll do, a, I'll do a, a wedding somewhere else where the people that actually do this, that's better for us because, hey, if you can't get into the space because this is something you do part-time, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. we do this every day. So that's good for us because not just all the licensure because a lot of catering companies now, they, they shy away from doing that because it is a whole nother thing. It's a you liability. You don't have to worry about someone getting too messed up on your ribeye or your glazed chicken (laughs) like that can definitely happen with alcohol so every single event and you don't know people's personalities every single event dealing with hundreds of people that I really don't know that I've met that day and now they usually have an open bar Mm -hmm. to drink and consume whatever they want and people's different personalities there's different kind of drunks out there so and now hey safe travels you you drank now for five six hours have a good night so that Hope liability exactly a lot Peace of people out. don't don't want to don't want to risk so it's not just like the insurance covering my team everything that we bring um and the actual guests but getting a liquor license is definitely it's not easy problematic because what people don't know is you have to have a commercial sized kitchen to be able to pull that off or you have to be under a company that does have a commercial size kitchen. So most people don't. So that also separates us giving the luxury of like, Hey, what we do and what I tell clients, we are an all in one package. So you don't have to go to, Hey, I'm going to order my alcohol from this company and then I'll have my caterer staff the bar and then I'll go to somebody else for glassware. Then who's like, we take care of all that from start to finish. So the rundown for us is working with the planner, usually on like glassware and aesthetics and bars and stuff like that. But hey, what do you want? The reason why we don't do packages is because with alcohol, that puts you in a box. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, 
just like you like, hey, my price point on wine is this. My price point on beer is this. I want this level of spirits. I want this many cocktails. You can never really do a package because every single client, what they deem is important is so different. Yeah. So that's why everything we do is a custom quote. We're literally making a quote for your flavor profile and your budget and what makes sense for what you actually want for your wedding. Um, and we bring everything to you. We set it up. What's not used, we take back and give you the money back for it. So day of, you don't have to worry about, well, how much do I order? Who's bringing the product? If it's at the end of the night, who's taking it home? What do I do with all the stuff that's left over? Do I have to keep it? We take care of all that stuff for you. That's amazing. And we don't charge for the cocktail tasting, any of that stuff. So it's definitely the the frustrating part going back to that is giving people the most bang for their buck yep. realizing what we're doing because at the end of the night a lot of the times with vendors you're never going to see them again you're going to hear yep. from us again we're cutting you a check back that's right what's the craziest story that you have encountered at an event oh man i like, mean i'm actually, sure you it's a, a book. yeah <laughs> That one is, it was for a celebrity, can't name his name, but it was a celebrity at his estate. And we brought, it was definitely a big event. We brought a ton of things, like every single thing you can think of. And it was for a uh, a fundraiser. And, you know, people, and he consumed alcohol just like everybody else did. And you saw people, like the things he said, you saw people on his estate making out, doing other things, all in corners. And you're like, wow. But it's a different thing (laughs) when you're at someone's private residence and what they can get away with compared to you're at a venue. At a venue, you're like, no, that's not going to fly. You can't do that in the bathroom. At someone's house, (laughs) They're like, hey, I just walk by like you don't see anything. This is their house. They're not going to kick you out of their house. That's so, crazy. So you're like, oh, my God, did I just see what I just saw? But then still having to execute the whole entire night, like every single thing. But people having the time and just the overall good experience <laughs> and letting it be okay to literally do whatever they want and alcohol is included, it was like a legit circus. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Did you like walking by other bars? Did you just see what? Yes, that was crazy. So yeah, I've that one and it was a full day of just craziness, but. And they know they're the, protected. That's the thing. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. we all sign like these NDAs and exactly. these confidentiality Every things. single person that came had to sign one. Yep. So they yep. let their hair down. They're like, hey, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. This person already deemed that it was okay that I can do basically whatever I want as long as I'm donating, do whatever I want. And people did whatever they want. And nobody called them out on it because it was okay. It's his house. He's like, hey. So I'm like, oh, my God, stepping over people. Like, this is – it was like off of a movie. Yeah. You're like, this this is real life, though. Like, this is not – Oh, man. They work hard and play hard, right? They work hard and play harder is what I feel (laughs) like they did. So what you, the platform that you are amazing at is you really keep up with your Instagram and you're very consistent and you're consistent at tagging people. And as a business owner, one of the important things is, you know, consistency and exposing yourself and exposing your craft and what you do. So in keeping up, with Instagram, like, do you say, what have you learned from that experience? Like, I feel like you really focus on one platform and that that's good for you, which by the way, we do that too. We like try to take a platform every quarter or every six months and focus on it, see how we can grow it. But what, what have your, what's your experience been in building a consistent name on Instagram? So it's funny because like I said, being thrown into this and social media is nowadays the key to everything. But it's art in itself. Like you have to be good at it and you have to know like things originally years ago, I never thought of like certain times to reach certain 
audiences, different demographics of people that you want to touch through whatever you're posting and what people want to see from your social media, you know, like what people like when they come to your site, what they're looking for, what they want to see in your social media, the, the next coolest things. I think the biggest thing for me is like, and I don't think I'm the best at it at all. The funniest thing is everyone that I talk to, like who does your Instagram? Like who, like who runs this? And I'm like, and I put my head down. I'm like me. Cause I'm expecting them to say something like, it's amazing. I'm like, no, I awesome. most of the time have no idea what I'm doing. My thing, my knowledge is cocktails and execution and doing events. But like, I get the social media is important, but I'm not there. I know I'm not there, but everyone is like, no, it's amazing. Like it's yeah. great. And so many times, and the craziest thing is there's so much more content I haven't put out there, but so many times the day of, and this is why, like, I've heard you say, like, you need an intern, so I'm working for you. I'm thinking about, hey, the bar is here, how we're setting the glassware, alcohol, how can we put all this and hide it behind the bar so people don't see the less than savory things. Setting up the bar, the aesthetic, florals here, how's this going? My last thing is to actually show the world what I'm doing. But I'm, I'm going to challenge you to do some BTS because I never see, like, do you do behind the scenes? Like, I, that's the funny thing. I actually, the last <laughs> wedding I did, I was thinking about it. I was like, this is the stuff they don't show is what I was going to like title it. I was yes. like, you don't see all the me making your cocktail two days prior to so it can steep and really build flavors. You don't see the load in process. Why you don't, don't see why like, you any of that stuff. That? I just never, because my thing is, when I get to a venue, one, I try to be one of the first people there because I hate rushing. I hate, it's oh. always the unknown. So I hate rushing. I hate feeling like I'm like behind on anything. So I want to take my time, make sure everything's done right. So I get there and I'm setting up everything and everything's done. I'm like, dang, I should have did this. I yes. should have done this. I should have shown this. And I know people do it and people love that. I just never think of it until after everything's done. Because my day, my thing is like day <laughs> of the bride, like she's not going to care that I'm like showing behind the scenes stuff. She's like, no, I want this set up by the time, you know, ceremony starts. And that's what's on my brain. That's on the forefront of my mind, like making sure everything's ready to go at this time that we've talked about with the planner to execute. Because execution is my thing. I want everything. I don't want to tell you something and not deliver. That's for planner to bride to anyone. So if you hired me on to be a professional with what I do, I'm going to do that. But I know, and 100%, I was like, people will love to see this. And traction-wise, yes. I know. I'm just so, I forget until it's all over with. And when I can breathe, I was like, dang, I'm so much ahead of time that I had time to do this. You got to make time. You've got, because I feel like your engagement, I mean, even... And this is something one of my team members taught me because I'm very much like you. I like to be behind the scenes. I like to get my shit done. I don't, you know, it's like I'm laser focused. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get our stuff in, line it up, set it up. But as we're sharing behind the scenes with people, it's actually educating people, which I didn't really understand. I'm like, why do people care so much? And like now I've started, it started to click where it's like, oh my gosh, this has helped me with this. And this has helped me with that. And people like get to know you like kind of through social media. It's kind of weird, but it's really cool at the same time because it's a tool that, I mean, we're just doing our thing. And like, I'm going to have to be honest and like, put you on the spot and challenge you like people want to see the face behind the company and like what you have built even amanda she's like i can't find any pictures of jamal that for is strategic <laughs> i hate but... photos the only photo that's basically on my instagram is us on pickler and ben I am, uh, there's so many times people don't even know what I look like when like I come to like, event, and I, I love it. That's perfect. That's exactly so what funny. I want. Behind but the like, scenes, they have no idea who's doing everything from email to anything. Like, are you Jamal? Yeah. <laughs> How are you? No, no, no. It doesn't need, not even social media, just like pictures period from like a kid like i just never like how i look in photos okay listen nobody are does. photogenic no 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 no. <laughs> you come out always looking like a rock star and i always feel like on photos and stuff i look dang near homeless so like i oh never i'm like I, I i never and everyone says it they're like you have 
photos of your other team members, you other do. everything else but you. And I'm like, yeah. Jamal, peep. So I'm going to have to put my little team member on you the way she got onto me. And it, people love people. People resonate with people. People buy people. People, it, it builds like, and I love that. I do. Um, but we're going to get you into collective and get you some headshots if you don't have any headshots because people need to hear your story. People, I feel, and it does, you don't have to sprinkle it out there every day. Um, but w- like, we're not going to put a picture of a cocktail for the podcast. <laughs> like, we got to have your picture, like your face. Like it's important. Oh, gosh. It's important to me. Background to everyone that. listening. We do tastings and Angela records and the only time she records every, and I don't even know at the time because I'm so focused <laughs> on what I'm doing that I don't really see. It's like tunnel vision. I'm cocktails, client, and I'm going through everything. And then later on, I look, I'm like, what is Angela posting? And I look, and it's me looking goofy, shaking no, cocktails. I'm like, oh my gosh. You're doing your thing. I get so embarrassed but people love it they absolutely love it and it's not just about like yes i agree with you five years ago four years ago three years ago it was all i was i'm just like i had the same mentality it's all about the pretty why do people care so much and then like we 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 a b split test everything so it's like all the pictures that's the pretty like you know they get some likes and maybe some comments but then when you put people in it and then you put me in it it's like oh my gosh like people resonate with people and as a psychology geek i'm like yeah they're like what drives you like i'm doing all these interviews with kathy for collective 615 and i'm like people like that's the reason i get up and i'm excited every day it's not because of the the flowers and the linens like yeah i get excited about that too but it's people's passion and how they're ex- we feed off of people's excitement to get us going so when we have those tough moments as entrepreneurs and it's like fuck i got to sit down and do my taxes and prepare for my accountant and oh my god like i had something happen with insurance or oh my god like i'm dragged to court it's like the pe- think about what makes it worth it going through all that bullshit is like people, right? I mean, that's what we do. We serve people and we want to make them happy. So just remember that. And Jamal, I need a headshot. <laughs> I need oh, a headshot. I have, yeah, I'm going to get you one. <laughs> I but I never like, I like no, no headshot. It doesn't matter. Nobody does. Takes it will ever be good enough. I'm Nobody. Like, oh, hey, I'm with you. I had to get over it. I had to get over it. So, so the whole point as, as I could talk to you forever, but as we wrap up, because I got to get, you know, to the next one, but, um, but guys like go on his Instagram, it is beautiful and ask questions and like, maybe you'll like, tell us a little bit of like a recipe or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do all that. But what is your Instagram handle? Like, where can people find you and your drinks and these awesome branded logo things that you're doing? Like, we'll post pictures whenever we do, when we put the podcast out there. But again, your face is going to be front and center, and Ugh. then your your cocktail pictures will be around. <laughs> sure, it couldn't be like a pretty cocktail. That's my face. No, no, no? no. Okay. it's got to be well, you. So what um, is your handle? And spell it for them, because I'm the worst speller, and I can't spell anything. <laughs> Perfect. Well, my Instagram is Aperitif Nashville, and that's A P E R I T I F Nashville. Awesome. Um, Facebook is same Aperitif except cocktails. So A P E R I T I F cocktails. And for a website, it's Aperitif Events and Cocktails.com. Awesome. Which we were talking about that earlier. You're like, I've had it for five years. It's funny, people in Nashville, because the engagement on social media is so good and they're so, I mean, we're freaking busy and we, we have business. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll, I'll have brides and, and clients and they're like, they don't go to websites that much anymore. It's like, but you got to have a website to like be legit around to here. Be legit, exactly. But half the people's websites, I'm like, their website sucks. I'm not talking about you, but other vendors, I'm like, their website sucks, but I promise you, like, they're the best. It's just they don't have time. So one day we're going to like get all of our vendor partners and friends and family together and be like, we're going to have a website facelift day. <laughs> when I did my website, it was one of the happiest moments. I feel like I just did like a thesis and I got done with it 
Because I knew nothing about it. I'm like, I'm doing this by myself. People are like, oh, like, just get someone to do it. And I was like, ah. starting out, I was one of those, like, that's so expensive. I can do yeah. this myself. It's and, true. like, everything was so, it took me forever because I didn't save this right or this didn't upload right or this. I'm like, yep. but once I did it, I was like, I literally told myself, I was like, I never want to do that again. It's and that's painful. probably why I haven't done it again. It's painful. Yeah. All right. Well, I have loved talking with you today. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Check out Jamal's Instagram because that's my favorite social media platform that you post beautiful cocktails and pictures. Thank you. Thank you. And then follow him and maybe, just maybe, you'll start to see some behind the scenes stuff, which I think is well, the fun I'm going part. to do it now. <laughs> I challenge you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of Business Unveiled. And be sure to tune in next week so you do not miss any of the juicy details on how to build your business in the creative community. Thanks, Jamal. Everybody, you're welcome. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.